podcast where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Matthew Powell. Coach Powell is a dobo at Samford University. We talked to him today about counting the cost because everything has a price and that criticism isn't personal. We also talk about his three H's, to be holy, be hungry, and be humble. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate you having me today. Coach Powell, I uh, appreciate you making the time to be on. Uh, I know right now it's just it's getting ready, gearing up for the, the actual the year to start, school academic year to start. And uh, you know, just so much preparation goes into that, you know, getting guys, making sure guys are doing the right things, getting the right classes, uh, making sure they're going to class, <laughs> stuff like that that you got to prepare for. Uh, so here again, like I said, I, I thank you for, for coming on and spending some time with us. Absolutely. So my first question to you, Coach, is uh, how were you introduced to the game of basketball? I was introduced, uh, obviously, at a very young age. I grew up going to – my grandfather was a ref for 30 years. And I wow. grew up going to the games, just watching him with him. My dad did it for a few years uh, between you know, small college and high school games. But he did that. My grandfather was really – a big key and part in that just because I go to games, but also too, um, you know, my dad is, does the public address announcing at Belmont and he's done it for the last 24, 25 years. Wow. And so I grew up around, uh, going to games with him two hours early as, as long as I could walk since I was about three or four, I, could, I would go with him and go before and have a basketball in my hand. So that's kind of how basketball entered my life at an early age. Wow. Coach, that's, uh, Interesting right there. A grandfather who was an official for 30 years, a dad who does the, the PA announcing. That's a, that's the public announcing. That's awesome. That is like, Absolutely. it's such a different, uh, I don't know, upbringing. Like who would have, you know, I, I just, I, every time we do these interviews, I think to myself, wow, that's different. Wow. That's different. And it, you know, it's almost never the same. And that right there no. has to be a very unique situation. I mean, uh, definitely. Be, and, you know, especially for him, you know, it's a different journey for everybody, but I think, uh, everybody has a, has a different path and a way of getting to where they are now and just in the future. Gotcha coach. So what was your experience like as a player? For me, uh, you know, obviously the ball stops bouncing uh, at different times for different people. Obviously mine was earlier than a lot of people. Uh, I played ever since I could, you know, like I said, every single walk, I, I played with, I played basketball, rec leagues, obviously, obviously through high school and I played varsity all four years, but then traveled with AAU since I was in seventh grade. I played wow. for uh, Tennessee Tigers, which was right there out of Nashville where I'm from. Okay. Went to David Lipson High School right there. So that was a big part of my life and how uh, I got to play with players. Michael Bradley played on uh, UConn's national championship team in 2010-2011 season with yeah. Jeremy Lamb, Kimball Walker, and then yeah. Corey Stanton uh, was on Brad Burnell's first team at Clemson. Uh, when he got the job, he took him with him from Wright State to Clemson. Uh, so 
you know, I got to play with some good players, got to play against good players too. It kind of made you elevate your game, but also, you know, it, as a player for me, I got to learn a lot from the people I was around uh, on a day-to-day basis that were you know, at a different level than I was, but also I could learn from them and take tidbits. And I think really got me wanting to get into the coaching profession because I always knew I wanted to uh, from an early age. So who in particular then influenced you to go into coaching? I would say for me, uh, like I said earlier, growing up, I, you know, always around Belmont. So, you know, coach Rick Bird, I uh, watched him from a young, young age, getting to know him in a relationship. But, you know, even his staff, you know, Casey Alexander is now the head coach there at Belmont. But also I would say even uh, my AU coach, Chip Smith, you know, for, he always mentored me and kind of helped me. And when I got done playing, he helped let me uh, coach in the program again in AAU uh, when I was a freshman in college. Really, when I was a senior in college, when I got done playing, but then freshman year of college and uh, sophomore year of college too. So uh, he allowed me an opportunity and get my feet wet a little bit to, you know, impact lives, but also uh, see if it's something I really want to do at a different level and a different stage. That always helps, right? I mean, it helps Absolutely. You, it helps you to find your voice, helps you to kind of get acclimated with uh, leading uh, and also, you know, strategizing and all those things. And if you can learn that at a younger age, um, you know, because leading is leading, strategy is strategy, uh, but I think it's the people. Once you learn how to work with people, you can go anywhere. And, yeah, I definitely say, I definitely say at a young age, I was, I was honored to have the opportunities I had to, you know, get to coach in front of at a at a events in front of coaches that you know I still know to this day. I made relationships through that AAU days of coaching when I was a senior in high school, but also freshman in college of making those relationships. And uh, I still talk to people that I, I did back then, and that was you know that was what eight nine years ago. So. Awesome. Uh, yeah, no, Coach, that's valuable, very valuable experience there. So, you know, coming into the coaching game as an, as a video coordinator, how closely did you work with your staff in prepara- uh, prepping for games and, and or practices? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, as a video guy, I, I got hired two weeks after, about two weeks after I graduated college, so I always think timing is everything. Yeah. Uh, but – as my video role, I was in that role for four years, and uh, the first year, you know, getting your feet wet, kind of, you know, you learn a lot, you listen, and uh, but I was I was close every day, day to day practices. We'd cut up, watch film every day uh, as a team, and then, you know, with game preparation, I love. You know, I think I learned the most during that time as a video coordinator because you're watching ten games a day, breaking them down, uh-huh. and so you learn from different people and different styles of play, just breaking it possession by possession. And then also with our staff of how to see, you know, how are we going to combat what they do and try to, you know, pull out a win tonight. So I think it, it was close. I'd worked with each individual assistant. Uh, each assistant has games. That's how coach got bad to did uh, it up. So I think when we did that, I got to work and see different styles of the three of the, the assistants. And then also when coach, you know, when we presented to coach, uh, Coach puts his kind of flair and what he envisions too for the game plan for that night. Fantastic! You talk about Coach Paget, uh, great player. Uh, you know now his his coaching acumen 
is is being seen and how how he uh you know what's that culture like because i think that's what we all like we see great players and we see them transfer over to being coaches and then we all want to know okay well, what's that culture like is it uh you know well, i just um, that's my my question to you is like what's that culture like being in that program with a with a great with a guy who was a great player no coach is uh coach is great you know coach had a great career obviously kentucky and nba but I always say he's going to be one of the best people I ever worked for. Awesome. Coach is a family-oriented guy, so his kids are always around and have been. Uh, but he doesn't mind if other people's kids and families are around. I think that's one of the best things about him. He has a great work-life balance, but when it's time to work, it's time to work. Yeah. Uh, and he knows that because during the season, we all try to – we have that one common goal, and it's to win a championship so we get into the NCAA tournament. Uh, but I think, you know, he, he he's huge on relationships and family. That's what he, he always says. He wants – you know, ten years from now, when these guys graduate, that the staff and all their teammates go to their wedding. You know, that's the type of atmosphere he wants around, and uh, it's been you know really encouraging. I think each team has a different dynamic and different culture in itself. So I think uh, as long as you hold on to your main one that you want uh, as a program, then you're going to be good. Fantastic, that's good stuff, Coach. I appreciate you giving me some insight to that. So. In the ongoing process of paying your dues, right? Because you're uh, now as, a, as an ops guy, a dobo. Uh, do you know your value to the program? Is that something that you kind of reflect on, or or is it something you just do? Yeah, I think uh, I definitely know. You know, my value to the program and how I can help in my role. I think I'm big on everybody doing their job. You know, if everybody yeah. does their job uh, in each piece, because it's all all jobs are little pieces. So if everybody does their job in a program, then you can only be successful. Uh, the part is when everybody doesn't, then obviously, you know, you know, it's hard to be successful, but I know my value and uh, what I do and kind of reflecting on uh, what I can do better each year. You know, I sit down at the end of each year and kind of go over whatever I did and say, how can I make this better with travel or how can I make scatty reports or whatever it might be and kind of say, and self-reflect, what can I do better? But also get feedback from the staff as well. Because if, if we can be that much better every day in our role, in our job, and what we do, then uh, you're only striving to be the best you can. That's so true, Coach. I, I like what you said about everybody doing their part. Uh, I think that's uh, for any organization, and for coaches listening out there, and for aspiring coaches when they think about what, are, what am I going to bring to the table, what do I bring to the table to a staff, just do your part, uh, and if there's more, if there's more required of you. I'm sure your head coach or somebody will let you know. Other than that, you know, be a star at your role and your job, and and everything will fall into place. So absolutely. So, coach, how important is discipline and organization in your everyday responsibilities? I think for me that in the ops role, I think your biggest quality is you have to be organized. Uh, on yeah. a day-to-day basis, you learn that quick uh, when I first got it uh, a summer ago that your day-to-day basis organization has to be your number one key because you're getting hit from every other angle. You know, I, didn't, I you, you, what I consider myself and and within the program is I'm coach's right hand man. So yeah. you're making the schedule with practices, you're helping with scheduling to you're now starting travel, hotels, flights to team meals during the season. But also that, you're kind of the liaison between the program, the administration, the school. 
So you have a you have to wear many hats in this role, a lot more hats than I had to wear as a video guy. So yeah. I definitely had to think, how can I make each aspect of this role quality and not just quantity? So you got to make a quality effort in each one in relationships, and you do. You have to take more time, more effort, uh, maybe out of your day, stay a little bit later, get there early. I'm a morning person, so I like getting there earlier. Um, but you definitely do. You have to be organized. You definitely have to be disciplined, and because uh, you're dealing with budgeting and travel, so you know you want everything to run smoothly. You don't want it, your job to be because well, we may have lost because of this. Maybe if we had gotten there early, maybe if we didn't have this hiccup. But you know, there's things you think about all the time. But I think uh, if you can be organized and disciplined in your organization and make sure you're getting things done on your checklist tasks daily, I think that's huge. Great coach. Yeah. No, I'm glad you broke it down uh, because uh, I hear again, people see director of basketball operations and they're thinking, well, do they, they make sure there's air in the balls? Do they, what do they do? Uh, right. And then I'm glad you broke it down like that. Cause here again, I really want to bring to the forefront uh, everybody's story, but also what everybody does. And so here again, I appreciate you breaking it down. So, you know, being in the position that you're in, and like you talked about, things coming from all kinds of angles. How do you process feedback or even criticism? I think early on, uh, this will be my sixth year in just this profession, but I think early on, too, when you're young, I think it's you're coming out of college, you kind of think, well, yeah, I may know it all. I may know more than people think I know. But I think as I've gotten through the years, I've learned, you know, there's a lot left to learn. I will learn more until the day I get out of this profession, maybe 50 years down the road, you know, whenever that might be. So I think you have to on a day-to-day basis, just in from a business aspect, but as a, a character aspect to a person, you have to be able to handle criticism. If you can't handle criticism, for one, it's going to be a rough path in life, but also this profession may not be for you too, uh, or be for you. So I think, I think you have to be able to handle criticism. I always say it's not personal nothing criticism is not personal it's just trying to help you out and uh so i think criticism and getting feedback kind of like i do at the end of the year for my job every year and seeing how i can make things better i think is is very valuable if you can learn to handle it and know the people are trying to help you like what you said about not taking it personal because uh it's not as if you built the program yourself with your bare hands and uh, you know and those are all your children that you you bore. And, uh, so yeah, it's kind of getting a real, uh, a key perspective on really what's going on. Like don't take it personal because we just, we all have something to do. And if I'm wrong, then I, I, I would hope that's reciprocal in a sense. Like tell me, tell me as well, you know, so I'm, I'm I, you know, just love that. Approach. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and criticism is great because everybody's trying to help each other in their own role to do their role. Because again, what we want to do, we want to go to the it's a big tournament, and that's that's the ultimate goal. So yeah. I think if you can handle criticism as a staff, as a, as a team, then it's just going to be beneficial for everybody in the long run. So I, I like I, I like to think that we, in in some ways, are helping to turn criticism from a bad word to a positive word. And, and I think the more we have, you know, people like yourself coming on saying, "Yeah, value criticism, value feedback, value those things, want those things, seek them out, and let it help." you know, change you in a way or help you change your mindset. I think that's a, it's a really key goal of, of why 
you know, I asked that question. So here again, coach, I appreciate you sharing that. So could you give some advice to aspiring college coaches uh, and what they should do to pursue a spot there in the profession? Can, can you run maybe some, give some advice that you've uh, seen work out for you? Yeah, I think, uh, I, like I said earlier, I think everybody's journey and path is different in uh, life and business, but in the profession, I think that advice I would give, you know, if you're a, if you're a manager, if you're a player, if you were a GA, uh, the best thing you can do is, is get to know the people in your office. Uh, I think the best thing I did as a manager, but also now as I do get to really know the staff in your office, because those are the people that can help you the most. If, 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 if you don't know the people on a, uh, a business, you know, front, but also as a personal front, then, you know, you're wasting time because you're, you're with these guys more than I am, you know, your own family, your friends, yeah. you're with each other 24 seven during the season. So first thing I would say is definitely get to know the people that are within your program before outside. I think the other thing is learn, 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 watch film, study what you want to do, learn from different people. Just watching film, you can learn a lot about what teams you're trying to do, what things you like, what things you dislike. Uh, but I think third too is I'm a big, I, I go to clinics and, and learn that way. I, I think going to a clinic or a speaking conference, speaking engagement is huge uh, because I think you can learn so much from 20 people speaking rather than uh, sitting and watching a game. So you can learn different things from film or you can learn different things from hearing people talk and hear what they did and how they did it. Uh, you got to find your niche. You know, I think also another good avenue too is read. I think reading, I didn't, I wasn't a huge reader back in, you know, college in my young days, but now that I've gotten out of it, even the first two years on the job, I didn't read. But I think reading books and reading self help and life books and kind of different business psychology books, I think a lot of what we do with psychology, dealing with uh, players and how people tick these days and, each player is different and not everybody you can treat the same. So I think you have to find your avenue of what you like and what you think is best for you personally. Uh, but also just get outside your comfort zone, get outside your box and know that, uh, you know, there are different ways and try them. You may like them, but uh, definitely get definitely just different ways. And uh, I think everybody can find what they like. Great point there about comfort zone. I, uh, I heard somewhere recently a, a quote or or some terms put together, you know, talking about how comfort can put you in a box. Uh, and the, and the, and the quote was, uh, comfort is a cage. And, uh, and I think that's so true. And I think that's where, why people don't grow. And especially in, in the coaching profession, if you're not willing to grow, yeah, like you said, maybe it's not for you. <laughs> right. That, exactly. And I think that's where people got to be so real about it. Uh, not just the panage of being on the staff, and the notoriety that comes along with that at times or status or whatever it is. Uh, it really does take somebody who's truly set on a, a, a goal and know that, knows that it's a process and that success is not going to be something that you just achieve and then walk away. Uh, and it needs to be consistent. And I think that's, that's so key. So I appreciate you talking about getting out of your comfort zone. It, even, you know, I think all of us day to day, there's sometimes we have to tell ourselves that. Get out of your comfort zone. Let's go. And so, uh, yeah, coach. Yeah, definitely. I think I think if you want to achieve, you know, 
extraordinary things and what your goals are uh, in life. And I think you definitely have to step outside your comfort zone and not be so complacent. And change is good. I used to be, I used to hate change, but change is really good. I think personally, but uh, in life in general, whether it be you're taking a new job, taking a new leap of faith. Uh, but you just got to trust yourself, trust your heart, and know what you're doing is what is best for you and what you think is best for you at the time. Yeah, no, like what you said, trust your heart. Good stuff, Coach. So in kind of your journey and everything you've done, like what kind of sacrifices have you made or do you even continue to make to be a part of the program? And not that, you know, you're giving, you know, so much of yourself, but there are things that here again, being organized, being disciplined, you can't just do whatever the heck you want to do and have those traits be at the forefront of who you are. So, so what are the, some of the things that you've sacrificed to be a part of the program? Yeah, I think early on getting in this, you know, business, you learn that you don't get to on the weekends, just take a trip anywhere. You know, a lot of you have friends right out of college say, Hey, let's go here this weekend. Let's go visit. And, I got practice at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. Uh, so I think you uh, <laughs> you sacrifice uh, things like that. Yeah. Time time is a big sacrifice in yeah. this business, I think, in the coaching profession. Uh, but it's time that you want to sacrifice. It's not time that you aren't willing to do. Because if you get in this, you know you're going to be sacrificing time. Yeah. Time you can't give back. But it, I always say, if I love what I do, I'll never work a day of my life. And I've loved every minute these five years going on six and uh, but you sacrifice time. You sacrifice time with your family. You sacrifice time with friends. Uh, you miss weddings. I think I've missed probably six or seven weddings these last five years just because we either have a game or I just can't get there during the summer. Uh, it's hard, but uh, your friends know you want to be there. You love them and everything, but uh, you sacrifice things like that that you know you wish you could be at, but you have an ultimate goal in life that you want to get to. And I yeah. think... Uh, that's the best part about it. So through all that, the sacrifice, uh, kind of what you've put yourself in a, in a situation to be depended upon and uh, all that, like what has that taught you throughout your career? I think it's taught me that, you know, there's a, anything in life comes with a price. And I'm giving up for, for right now and the immediate moment for what I want in the future for myself, but also family down the road. And I think that if you can see early on that this little time in life is a very small portion of however long you live, then that sacrifice 20 years down the road, you look back and say, that was worth it. That was worth it. Because there's still friends today or whatever it might be, whatever you sacrifice, this little time in your life is just a small portion rather than, at, at sometimes we think it's a huge portion that we'll never get back, but we have to know that you can't just live for the immediate part. You got to have you no know, a goal, a plan, a future of what you want in life. And I think that's my biggest thing I try to do every day. Fantastic, Coach. So you know, being a young guy, all those you know, all the things that come with that, and like you're talking about making sacrifices, not being able to go do things because you have responsibilities. And, and things that you've uh, committed to. Uh, how important is your support system through all that? Uh, my support system's great. You know, I think it's uh, it starts with my two parents. Uh, my parents have been my support system since day one. They have 
taken me to games. They've sacrificed time, effort, money on the weekends to take me different places. But also, too, uh, when I got into this, they said, it's your life, it's your career. We will support you in whatever you do. Uh, those two people right there have been my biggest supporters since, you know, obviously I've been born and, uh, they always will be, uh, for forever, whatever I do. So support system's great. I think everybody needs a support system in that because if you don't have a support system, it can be a lonely profession at times too. So you have to find a way and have people behind you on a daily basis of, you know, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. That's all you can do. Uh, but my two parents, my mom and my dad are uh, two best people I know. And I will, I will say that to them. You know, I can't anymore, but uh, they're gotcha. a big supporter. Yeah, Coach, that's fantastic. And I and I, uh, I mean, there's there's so much to be said for support systems. And I'm glad you, you know, you kind of reflect on that and realize that and value that. Because some people, you know, here again, we're we're here talking about coaching, leadership, all these things, but I think it bears to reflect on how do we get here, who brought us here, who's keeping us here with, you know, sane, you know, exactly. who's helping exactly. us to not lose, say, maybe our, our, not control, but helping us not to lose our mind at times when there's so for much sure. pressure and, and, and things that we've signed up for. We signed up for it, so it's not like, Oh, wow. You, oh, there's, you know what you're getting into when yeah. you sign up for this. So uh, yeah. you, you just have to have people behind you, helping you every, yeah. every step of the way. So, Coach, I know you're just starting, and, and I still think uh, whether you're starting or you're near the end of your career, there's always, uh, here again in the back of your mind, there's legacy. It's thinking about beginning with the end in mind. Uh, how, how do I want to you know, lay out my path, my foundation, all those things so that when I'm done, I know I'd, I've done this, that, or the, or the third. Uh, so here again, like I said, I know, you, I know you're just starting out and you got a long way ahead of you. But through that path, what do you see yourself becoming or what do you see your legacy being as you, you know, finish up one day? Yeah, I think, I think the bottom line, what I want to be remembered as when it's all said and done, whatever accolades there might be or however many games you win, whatever it might be, you know, nobody can tell that uh, at the beginning of your career. I think the few things I want to be remembered by is, is there's three things I, I live by, really four things, but three at first I've lived by since I learned from a long time ago when I was in middle school from a, uh, a coach of mine. And he said, it, it's called 3H. And it says, uh, be holy, be hungry, be humble. And wow. I think that's three things I've tried living by every day because, you know, he told me if you if you, if you believe in a higher power and the Lord uh, above us, and you're holy every day, and you're humble with the graces that come with it, and the gifts you've been given in life, uh, and then you're hungry to chase the dreams you have uh, on an everyday basis in your future. Uh, I think those three things I've tried living my life on since I was young, and that's stuck with me, and it'll be forever something. If I ever have a team of my time in my day, um, that'll be what it's based on. Be, hung, be holy, be hungry, and be humble, uh, and just live by those three things. But also, too, uh, you don't get anywhere without working uh, and having a work ethic. If uh, not willing to work, then it's going to be a short career. So uh, it all goes together. Uh, I think uh, I'm where I am today because of my work ethic. But uh, really, those three things, three H is what I always call it, but uh, you know, living by being holy, being hungry, being humble. 
Coach, I really appreciate your time. Love those three H's right there. Here again, I'm thinking T-shirt when I hear things like that, (laughs) (laughs) especially for those of us who have experience maybe in a private school world. We could definitely jot those things down and put them even in our locker rooms and walls and wherever. So I really do appreciate that. And I also appreciate your time coming on. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a blessing, this whole, uh, you know, podcast for, for other coaches and because of the perspectives that are out there and your perspective is valued as well. So I, again, coach, I, I really thank you for coming on. Well, Mike, I appreciate you having me and taking the time, uh, this morning to, uh, uh, have this on. Let me share a little bit about, you know, my journey, my path is everybody's different, but appreciate what you're doing for a uh, younger generation, but also can help any age and any generation that uh, is, is, is going right now. So I really appreciate you having, having me on. Thank you, coach. Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. You can find us at iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and you can even follow us on Twitter at Creative Coach 47. Thank you.